And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. So as you've started your business, you've wanted to create create hype for it. You've probably made social media posts. You've bought paid advertising. Maybe you even went big and got a box of pens and handed them out and they had your company name over it. But there's a certain type of PR and hype that's a little harder to get. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Before I get into who I'm having that discussion with today, today's episode of Startup Hustles powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a team quickly and affordably. We also have the platform to help you manage that team. Go to Fullscale.io to learn more. With me today, I have Jason Sims, and Jason is the principal and founder of Their Say. That is a public relations firm out of Deep River, Connecticut. While you're down there in the show notes looking for that fullscale.io link, there's also a link for Their Say. You can learn more about what they do and how they can help you get some earned PR. Without further ado, Jason, welcome to Startup Hustle. Matt, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you joining me. And you know, why don't we start our conversation with a little bit more about your backstory? Yeah, so uh, so I run Dare Say. It's a PR firm I founded ten years ago. Uh, we specialize in tech firms and professional services firms, helping them tell their story in the press and share their expertise. And like a lot of people, I came to this PR field from journalism. So it's fairly common that uh, you know you're in a journalism career. And at some point you, you switch to the dark side <laughs> and you join PR. So, um, I was a reporter for the Oregonian, the daily paper in Portland, uh, covered music for a long time. I know you have a strong background in music, uh, which was a, a great way to great first job out of college was, uh, being a music critic, had a ton of fun. Um, also covered news there. And I wrote for outlets like village voice, uh, spin, um, a bunch of just different magazines, Seattle papers and, and all kinds of different outlets, even done some uh, some kind of public radio podcast type stuff in the past and uh, moved to Connecticut 10 years ago, kind of was looking for my next chapter and started a PR firm. I'd done some kind of PR on the side because when you're a reporter, people kind of ask you, hey, uh, can you help me promote this event or, or put together a press release? And so I had sort of done that as a side hustle and made it my main focus uh, when I came out here and um, found that... Uh, Having that background in journalism really helped me do it well. I think um, a lot of PR folks that don't have that background will approach it with kind of a more marketing mindset where they're like, we got to get the message out there. Whereas if you've done journalism, you've seen like what works and what doesn't. Because if you're you're a reporter, you get hundreds of PR pitches a day. And so you can kind of apply that knowledge of, hey, like this, you know, you have to provide some value to the media outlet in order to get them to tell the story that you want to tell. Um, so 
started that up. You know, I've, uh, I've got a small team here in Connecticut. We're about uh, 30 minutes from Hartford, 30 minutes from New Haven, two hours from Boston and New York. So a lot of media in this area. Um, and I tend to hire ex-journalists as well. So that's most of our team. And uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're working with uh, tech companies and then a lot of companies that have experts like law firms, accountants, uh, architects, anyone who, uh, who needs sort of more publishing and interview opportunities. Why does an architect need public relations? Oh, man. I mean, every field is competitive. Um, architecture is, is probably more competitive than a lot of them. It's, I'm amazed how much effort for architects goes into getting projects um, as opposed to designing projects. And so, you know, an architect, they, they've got some amazing thing that they designed and that thing is finally built and they need people to know that they designed it. <laughs> so right. a lot of times a story might come out about an amazing building and it won't even mention who designed it. It'll just say like, Hey, this, this new thing opened. It's really great. Come check it out. They talk to like, you know, the tenant or the owner of that thing, but they don't talk to the architect. And so um, that's one thing we do with architecture firms is just try to make sure they're included in the coverage when the thing they design gets built. Um, you know, and also thought leadership, you know, they may be looking to expand a certain practice. Like uh, one firm we worked with was wanted to grow their education practice and design more buildings for schools. Um, so we were, you know, doing a lot of thought leadership about, you know, what makes a good school building uh, from anything from a health perspective to the, you know, utility of the classroom and how learning will take place in there. So just showing off what they know um, so that when they're pitching those schools and they're up against five other firms, they can say, oh, hey, check out this article in, you know, EdTech that we wrote about how to design a, a technology forward space for learning. Yeah. If you, you know, for those of you listening, if you're looking at a lot of, you know, the hype that you can create for your business. Oh, man. I mean, the list, it feels endless in this golden age of digital stuff, you know, and I think that we often turn first to things like social media. It's right there at our fingertips, usually already in our hands with a smartphone. Um, you know, that kind of stuff's pretty easy. You know, you can, you say what you want to say, you post what you want to post. Some people are good at it. Some people aren't, but that's accessible for all of us. You, you kind of move on to things that can be a little more or feel a little more sophisticated, like writing blog articles, maybe recording a podcast like what we do here. Um, and, and, you know, and then all of a sudden when it comes to, you know, creating hype and getting the word out, you kind of run into a brick wall. You know, and so we talk about like the earned PR and like when I think about that, what does that mean? That, as you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you know, journalists or people that write for media outlets or distribute or purvey stories, they're just getting slammed with stuff all day. And so you have to, and you want, you as the person wanting the attention or the hype, you want attention in their publication on their platform. It's similar to someone that wants to come on the show. You know, you, you, here it is, here's the outlet. If you're going to provide value and work within the structure of our brand standards and stuff like that, then maybe you're a good fit. So like, I think when, you know, when I think about earned PR is the first thing, and, and I'll just go ahead and tell everyone listening, you know, we've used their say, that's how I know Jason at full scale. And Jason's helped me ha get several articles published um, if you have, if you follow our top startup lists, he's help us, you know, get that stuff in Inc. Magazine, the Zynga, uh, Crunchbase, what else? Do Fast Company. Yeah, um, Fast Company. There's a bunch of different, the, the Las Vegas Sun, 
Yeah, yeah, Let's we wrote leave that out. But <laughs> but with that, so so why does that stuff matter? And you mentioned like I asked like why does an architect need that stuff? Well, look, here's the thing: is when people want to do business with you, they Google you. Totally. And, and you know, and I and I'll be the first to admit I've spent years grooming that search result. You know, because I'm an author, a podcast host, a business owner, a lot of different things, and. You know, this is the stuff that pops up. So, but, but earn PR is a much trickier thing. So when you think about it, like what's the hard part about it? Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it's the, it's adjusting your mindset. So, you know, um, there's really three components to a effective marketing strategy. There's owned, earned, and paid. And so paid, that's easy to understand. You're buying ads, you're buying a sponsorship, you're paying someone directly to expose you. Um, Owned, also fairly well understood. Everyone knows what it takes to have a good website, uh, you know, social media, your email list, anything you own and control. Earned is by far the, the most misunderstood because everyone's used to kind of controlling when you publish and what you get to say. But earned media is more of a collaboration between you and a media outlet because you're sort of borrowing their audience in exchange for bringing some value to that audience. Um, so that can take the form of publishing opportunities um, where you're writing an article that's being published by an outlet or you could be interviewed by an outlet and get quoted by them um, or there's, you know, podcasts, things like this. But it, whatever it is, um, you know, I think it's really hard unless you're doing it on a daily basis to think to get put yourself in that person's shoes and say, what is Fast Company looking for? You know, I know I want to be in Fast Company, but what do they want? How do I provide something for them? And I'm sure that happens to you with the podcast all the time. People reach out and they say, you know, I want to be on Startup Hustle. And it's like, well, why? What would the episode be called? What would we talk about? Why have you, what, what are you going to bring that we haven't done in our thousand episodes that we've already put out? You know, um, it's well, really what, easy to know yourself, but it's hard to know what other people are looking for. But, but with that, you get back to the value add, you know, because I was just looking through some some little short content videos that we have yet to publish at the time of this recording, but are planning on doing it. And it was Andrew Morgans and I, and we're talking about what kind of guests we like and what kind of guests we don't. The guests that, that I'm not a fan of in the episodes that often end up in the trash can is when I get someone on here and it's just 38 minutes of shill. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, I mean, it's just no matter what, it's just a constant, beating of, of the, of the marketing drum. And that's not value add. And that's, and that's a different thing. So, you know, some, and people also ask me what my favorite episodes are. My favorite episodes are the deep conversations that I have with people that are willing to be open and transparent about the blueprint that led them to the success or perhaps failure and, right. and aren't afraid to share that and, and want to tell that story. And, you know, now it's okay. You can admit it. Go to theirsay.com. That's fine. But if you're going to sit there, you know, like five minutes of it and, you know, like straight and then you, <clears throat> you lose people's attention, that's, that's what the paid, that's what paid channels can be for. If you want to get that out there, if you can go pay for that, you can say <clears throat> most things that you want to say, but the earn side of it. And I, I when I think of earn too, is is I just think that there's, you know, like the publications we mentioned, um, well, a lot of these publications, I think all the pub most pub publications probably have a sponsored post at this point. Yeah. But, but, you know, that's not, that's not earned PR. Right. I think, I mean, the, so the public is pretty savvy, right? So the, oh, yeah. part, of the, part of the value of earned PR is that 
everyone generally sees an ad, they know you paid for that ad. They sort of take it with a grain of salt. Um, if they see that you've been covered by a media outlet, they on some level just understand that that outlet had to buy into you in some way. They had to think that you were interesting or noteworthy or knowledgeable enough to be put in front of their audience. And so they take it a little more seriously. And then I think, yeah, like you said, there's more depth to it. So if, you, if you're putting out an ad that's just sort of um, blasting out your message, that, that can be really effective, especially if you have a big budget. But, um, you know, with a smaller budget, it helps to really resonate. So, you know, you were talking about being, um, it's a big theme on this show, like being forthright about your failures. And so, you know, I think vulnerability goes a long way in earned media. If you're willing to talk about something that was hard for you and how it worked out or, or you know, challenges that you've had, that's definitely something that goes a long way rather than someone who's, who just wants to beat their chest. Yeah. Now, when we talk about earned PR, yeah, I just... I just asked chat GPT. I'm like, yeah. what's our PR now, <laughs> now? Now I'm probably going to piss Jason off at somewhere on this list that I'm going to race through some of these he might not consider, but I'm not the true source of this press mentions, media interviews, feature articles, product reviews, uh, <clears throat> social media mention mentions and uh, influencer endorsements, awards and accolades, thought leadership and articles, guest blogging, speaking engagements, community involvement, viral content, publicity stunts, crisis management, trend jacking. So sounds, sounds mean. Uh, expert quotes, case studies, partnerships and collabs, te testimonials, media mentions. These are all things like some of those I could even probably poke a couple holes in, but these are things that aren't, aren't the straightforward mention of things, right? So that, and they got earned PR, now, you have the other side of PR, too, that's just straight out public relations. And, man, in the cancel culture, I got to feel like some of your peers are probably staying busy. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I mean, there are firms that specialize in can in uh, crisis PR, for sure. Um, it, it's, and those things you listed, I would say, all could be considered PR. Not every PR firm is going to do all right. of those. For instance, we don't uh, manage influencers. Um, some PR firms do, but... There are also specific influencer marketing firms that are um, really specialized in that, which is, I think, almost a whole other mindset. You know, I'm yeah. talking to, I'm really good at understanding what the press is thinking about. Um, and and I'm, I'm really not that familiar with what influencers want and need and how that world works. Also, there's kind of an overlap in paid media there where you're going to be paying yeah. influencers for content. But, uh, but in some cases, you might not, though, because some influencers may pick up on what you want to do and... Uh, and you also talk about, you know, if those of the, that listen or read any of the things that I speak or create are going to hear me eventually say, if you want people to help you, you got to make it easy for people to help you. And part of what, you know, like earn PR can be sometimes it's whether it's you or a firm, sometimes you just got to get out there and start asking. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's a huge part of what we do is, yeah. is ask, ask a lot of people in the right oh, yeah. way. You know, I think. Um, you know, and it's worst PR is kind of blasting out a press release to thousands of irrelevant journalists. Like when I cover right. music, I used to get pitches about kittens and logging and who knows what, <laughs> but yeah. like, but, uh, so finding the right people and then reaching out to them in the right way. So sort of saying, Hey, I see that you cover this. Um, you know, here's something that I think would be of interest to you. Here's what we can provide you kind of understanding what they might need. They you know, it really helps to round out a story if you've got stats that, that they can use. If, they, if you've got uh, images, if you've got other sources, you know, um, 
you know, our clients tend to be experts and, um, you know, folks who have a company with that may have a product, but, uh, there's also kind of real people sources, maybe the person using that product or the person who needs that expert, um, that really helps make, a, a story in a media outlet, um, more well-rounded. You know, a lot of times we might come to someone and say like, here's this trend that our expert wants to talk about. And they're like, well, bring me people who are being affected by that trend, you know? Um, right. so the more you can kind of bring the whole package, um, the, probably the better you're going to do. And then also phrasing it really briefly. So knowing how to reach out to people at the right time of day with kind of the right tone, the right amount of words, it, it's, it, there's a ton of nuances to it. It's a, it's kind of amazing when I hire ex journalists, I sort of think, Hey, you guys, you, you were in the media world, you know how to do this, but then the, the ramp up to really get the hang of, of pitching media effectively is, is pretty long. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of little pieces to it. You know, one of the things you mentioned, <clears throat> the package. <clears throat> All right. There's a journalist out there listening somewhere that I'm probably going to piss off. here. <laughs> Modern journalists are fucking lazy these days, man. They want this like delivery of just like their job with a golden bow on top of it. It's, now, uh, it's really a factor the shrinking. If, hey, but here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, there's all this. All right. If you're, if, if you're ever been in a relationship or been around one, you've the, the love languages, the love language of the journalists is the, as the turnkey article with a golden bow on top of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. but if that's where you want love, you need to speak that love language. And that's back to that, making it easy for people to help you give them something turnkey, give them something that's going to make them look good. Now that, that could be a, a variety of different, you know, things. Now you mentioned, <clears throat> we were just talking about social media influencer stuff. So you can collect, you can still get earned PR. Let's, let's just use Eric Perkins, who's been on the show before. Eric's a friend of mine and I've worked with him a little just to try to advise him about how to turn his YouTube stuff into a business. He's getting close to, a, you know, he's got 750,000 subscribers uh, for, for YouTube. Now, if I want to be on Eric's YouTube channel, I could, but I'm going to have to go to Western North Carolina and be where they're filming it. And I got to make it easy for him to put me on his channel. Now, if I'm sitting there going, Eric, I'd love it if you'd come to Kansas city leave your job for a couple of days, leave your kids and your family. I know you're super busy and you're probably not going to get paid to come here. In fact, it's going to cost you money to get here. You're never going to, what's the, what's the point in that? Like what would be the upside of that? The, the best people, the best channels, the best, uh, the best audiences, all of that uh, have been built over time and they are usually operated and involved with very busy people. So like you said, in that world where I'm delivering to him, I'd probably have a really good chance of being on something there. But if I'm trying to say, oh, well, come to me anytime. And, you know, it's, it's the same thing when you want someone, someone's advice. You know, yeah, it's where, like where can I come? I will bring myself to you wherever you tell me at whatever time for however long you say I can stay. Totally. And it's, yeah, it's kind of common sense, but yeah, it's assessing how that media outlet works. So like when we're pitching podcasts, do they do record podcasts over video calls like we're doing right now? Or do you have to be in person? And if so, where is that podcast recorded? Like you're saying, and then making it timely is, is important too. You know, um, we're going to talk about this topic that's, that's big in the news right now is, is a lot more helpful than, than something that's not. And sure. sometimes, uh, sometimes, yeah, if, if you're in North Carolina, like in your example, for one week, 
that helps too. If you're like, this is the only chance we have, <laughs> are, are you available? That can kind of help move things along. But um, as far as the, yeah, you were talking about like the, how journalists want that, that whole package. And um, part of that, I think, is the factor that it's of the shrinking newsroom. You know, there's a lot of outlets that have half or a quarter of the staff that they had 10 or 20 years ago. And so you've got, maybe you used to have, you know, a business reporter, a healthcare reporter, a education reporter. And now maybe there's one person who covers all three of those things for a given outlet. Uh, so they're just uh, a lot busier, um, a lot more to cover. And with that, you know, one of the nuances with giving that complete package too is kind of using the right tone where you're offering it, but not doing their job for them too much. You're sort of saying, here are the resources I can offer. But sometimes folks will, will take your idea and take a whole different direction. They'll say, hey, I like this piece of what you're suggesting. What if we do something like this instead? You know, so kind of that flexibility, building that flexibility in is like another uh, piece to it. Well, yeah, modern media has got, it's kind of, it's a lot more disposable in, in some regards. You know, 20 years ago, the newspaper had a deadline. It came out, it was out. You know, and like, you know, I mean, the internet never closes. I always tell people, I said, it's a hard part. People, I want to be a tech entrepreneur. Okay. First off, you got to know the internet never closes. So be ready, you know, and right. there's, and there's a, lot, a lot to be said with that. It's also more permanent though. Like you were talking about those search results. I mean, if you get a media clip, it, it may show up in your search results um, for a decade. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in the past, you maybe if you were in a newspaper in Kansas City, uh, you know, no one outside of Kansas City is really going to see that. But these days, anyone can find it. Yeah. But, but that level of permanence is also important, too, because, I mean, I've, <laughs> I have met a lot of people over the years that are searching and trying to find a way to get something out of search results. So, um, yeah, that, that can sure. be difficult. But what isn't difficult is finding expert software developers when you go to fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably, you can use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Fullscale.io to learn more. While you're down there, click the There Say link and learn more about what Jason's PR company goes with. Now, we're talking about what is earned PR, so I think we would be smart to say, so we've talked about what some of the components of what might make a good earned PR attempt. What are some things that are guaranteed to just get your delete, delete, delete? <laughs> yeah. Uh, irrelevance for sure to that person. You know, you might have a great story, but if, if you're pitching the, well, like the music guy with the kitten article. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're pitching a sports story to the business reporter, it's it's really not yeah. going to go anywhere. And you and you might think, well, they could forward it to the right person, but they're not they going to do that. They're very busy. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What else is not going to work? Have a really yeah. compelling offer. You have to be yeah. very, very heavy, really compelling. Yeah. <laughs> I think okay. um, the the assumption that you put the word out and then press will come to you. I find that with a lot of companies where they say. You know, we've been putting out press releases for years and no one covers us. And it's uh, reads you know, press releases. Exactly. It takes you have to be very proactive. You know, a, a press release is kind of a, a tool. I think it's not it's not something that's going to lead to press on its own. It's something that you can send to press to say, here's all the information that you might need in a, in a format you're familiar with. Uh, but it's not going to do it on its own. Um, Gosh, well, yeah, like you said, overly promotional content. So if, if it's just transparent that you're here to just sell what you're doing, uh, it's not really going to go very far. It's It's got to be about something else. Is it about a trend? Like, you know, are you 
dialed into AI or something big that's happening right now? Um, do you have some, did something remarkable happen, like a story that you can tell that has kind of a narrative, a beginning, middle and end? Like, did you, um, you know, did you have a ticket business that failed and then you went on to start a podcast that helped you launch a successful offshoring company? You know, that's a good story. Other way around. <laughs> Other way around. But no, but th- I'm sitting here thinking, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking number one is boring. Because, right. okay, so... Um, I was watching, I think most people know who Mr. Beast is. He's kind of like the YouTube influencer at this point. And I was just watching, you know, as we came into the beginning of the year and we were putting short form stuff out and I was watching this video with him. He goes, you know, it's really important in the beginning, if you're going to be a content creator, you get people around you that aren't afraid to tell you when your stuff sucks. He goes, because everyone thinks their content is better than it is. So and, true. So, but it's the same thing with the story. Like, so yeah. you mentioned like you, the context of like, did you have a ticket company and it did this, it did that. Well, I had a ticket company that was wildly successful. And then I walked away from it. Right. I walked away. I literally walked away from a business that I was making millions from because I wanted to do something different. And, yeah. and now that, that is almost, that might be a more compelling story than the other parts that go in it. So you got to figure yeah. out like, you know, and Donald Miller has this book called the story brand, which I, which I'm a big fan of. And you can really learn there's a, there's a specific art to storytelling that can make a lot of things that you, you know, it's, it, and I've learned this through writing books and my book editor, you mentioned like the brevity of things and like keeping it moving, like the pacing of stuff. Like that's one of the things that we're, you know, working with you guys, I found to be pretty interesting because, you know, here, here's, you know, we're working on articles and I, I came into it and I had a couple like really refined ones that were about 1500 words. And Jason's like, these are way too long. I'm like, what do you mean? These are like great. These are comprehensive. I worked on them with my New York times award-winning editor, and we didn't submit them anywhere because they're too friggin' long. Because think about that. Like, you know, they needed to be half. And those were still kind of long because TLDR. We're in this like kind of, you know, if you can't read it in a minute or two. Yeah, you know, different outlets just have different specs. You know, they'll say like, yeah. we want submissions between 700 and 1,000 words. And so you, that's, a, that's a good way to knock it in that outlet is to not follow what they're asking for. <laughs> But yeah, like you said, uh, it's got, it can't be boring. I mean, and you're right. People are very unclear about what is and is not boring uh, or what is and isn't news. You know, a lot of companies will want to put out a press release. Hey, we're launching our new website. We want to put out a press release. No like, one cares. Why? Yeah. Like, is yeah. it, did maybe you're launching it? Uh, does it have some new functionality we can yeah. talk about? Does it do something no one's ever done before? Does it, yeah. um, did it result from, you know, the funding round you just raised or I don't know. There, well, there's thousands of people and companies today that are doing that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, if you look at it and it's like, okay, you could say, so what to anything, but that would have been my response. Like, right. like if you were, if you were reaching out and so we get a lot of the earned, like we probably get, ooh, I don't know, three to five a day. Yeah. Uh, that want to be on the podcast sometimes more. It just depends. And you know, a lot of them are that kind of so what, but there are people that do it really well, especially, and they win and lose in that subject line a lot. Like I got one yesterday and I, I'll tell you what, I'm usually, I, cause I'm not even the person that processes this stuff, reads it at this point on this show. I'm just like the dumb guy that sits and talks in the microphone when they tell me to. Right. But uh, you know, Jessica gets in and, and reads all this, uh, you know, these emails. And I got one, it was like, it says something like eight, you know, eight year old kid builds billion dollar empire. 
Wow, there you go. That's a good subject. I was like, okay, all right, (laughs) what's up with this? You know, because, you know, then you realize you're not as smart as an eight year old. (laughs) That happens too, right? And maybe that'd be a good article, you know. Uh, uh, An an entrepreneur finally admits he's not smarter than an eight year old. There you go. That's a story. But no, but some of that is, you know, and and I think when you're trying to get attention is, you know, why do I want to read this? And how, you know, I ask all uh, everyone listening, how many emails do you get? How many text messages? How many ads do you see or hear or all of it? And, you know, we we were referencing the newspaper, which like, do they even make those anymore? But you know, 20, 20, over 20 years ago, when I was managing retail stores, I remember reading this article that, so I lived in Washington, DC, and the Washington Post could, on any day, give you enough paper to cover all of the surfaces in your home with newspaper. Yeah, I mean, the floor, the walls, the ceiling, the things in your house, like all of that, and, and, but here's the thing is it gives you a lot of context. Okay. So now Jason, I just came over to your house like Mr. Beast and I covered everything in newspaper. Cause I feel like that's something he'd do. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll give you $10,000 if you can find your ad in one minute Oh yeah, or something like that. But think about that. Like you're, I mean, you're like looking around and now everything's covered in newspaper, but that is, that is what we're exposed to as we're the product. Right. You know, and, and there's been a lot of, that's been a lot of the, the argument with a lot of the social media stuff. Cause it's funny. There's only two industries that refer to their, their target audience as users. That's drugs and software. Totally. I always feel weird when I'm writing users. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're hitting on something too. I think that a lot of focus on, you know, in discussions around our media is how to get it. How do we get in to the outlet? But that's only the half the battle. It's also how do you get in in a memorable way? You know, yeah. you've got to you've got to be something that is going to resonate. So you know, I, I like to talk about how it's it's important to kind of paint a picture of what it's like to work with you. You know, show yeah. examples of the difference you made for your clients or your customers, so that whoever's reading can imagine, wow, that could be me. Um, you know, it's it's that's a lot of what we do as well as coaching people for the interview uh, to try to make sure that they, they hit what they need to hit and don't get lost and waste time. That's not an uncommon thing on startup hustle. Actually, we get, <laughs> we get a lot of that, like people. And, and so it's funny cause I kick them out. Um, you know, we record a lot of this in a virtual studio and we'll oftentimes get like a third person will show up and they'll be saying, I just want to sit here and listen. And I'm like, no, wow. Yeah. No, you can listen afterward. But they're like sitting there and, and, and God, I just, man, I'm just happy that I'm not the guy that ever even considered. Maybe I should have someone listen to my live recording to make sure I didn't say anything too dumb. Yeah. I mean, then that's a part, I mean, relationships are a huge part of PR too. Right. And so we, we, we often know who's, who's open to something like that and who's not like, cause a lot of journalists, they don't, yeah. Like you, they don't want someone looking over their shoulder. They just want to feels weird. It ruins the vibe. Yeah, you know, but I'm a vibey like, person in that regard. You know, like if you're a, if you're a business journalist and, and you mostly interview CEOs, you might be fairly accustomed to that because a lot of a lot of kind of corporate marketing folks are going to want to be very in control, and so they they're they're used to kind of going with their CEO to an interview 
And so, yeah, sometimes like a well, client- th that might be a thing. It depends yeah. on where it's at. This is a, this is a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And that's the thing is it, it, it harshes the vibe, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the pod. We're recording this. You can listen yeah. to it later. <laughs> well, we'll let them, we'll, if they're really worried about it, we'll give them the recording. But, you know, we've had a couple people that they'll come back and like we had, I can't remember who it was. One, they wanted to hear the recording and they came back and they had like 27 edits. Oh my gosh. And wow. I said, we'll make none of these. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if you want, we can just delete it. And no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, that's another thing too is yeah knowing who who would maybe let you listen to it and who wouldn't um and who would be open to maybe one 27 edits yeah like obviously 27 is crazy but who who might be open to one very crucial edit if you're like hey i got this fact wrong that could be what that might get a lesson right like hey you know I, I misquoted this or i didn't you know i i didn't realize i shouldn't have mentioned that yet yeah 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 exactly yeah, you know, something so, that's like, hey, this is going to cause me a big problem if we put it out, or it's going to make the show not look good because I attributed yeah. a quote to the wrong person. Yeah. Then, uh, then maybe you'd hear them out. <laughs> we say we like to say we publish this warts and all. Nice, so, but but here's the thing: you get back to helping. You know, the part of why people have asking Jason, some people ask me some of these like, how do you guys get five podcasts out a week? And well, first off, there's more than me recording them. Yeah. And also we have a warts and all kind of thing. When I hit record, my expectation is that I'm going to hit stop and that's the file. Yeah. You know, and, so, and, and, you know, some, some, some weird things need to occur to want to go because there's, it, it, it is significantly more work, effort, energy. And then one of the things is, is that's tough. Okay. So everyone likes short form videos now and it's like, who can make the shortest, you know, 18 second thing. Um, when you're going to QA or proof something like that, after you do any production element to it, you only have to watch 18 seconds of it. Yep. If you're doing a good job for a show and like we have too much distribution to not to make an edit to any file and not listen to the whole file afterwards. Yeah. 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 Cause you never know. Like there's just weird things that could happen. It could corrupt the second half and it, We've actually had that happen like a year or so ago. We actually, that someone didn't QA an episode and it was, there was something corrupted with the file and it just sounded like static in your ear. Whoa. And, <laughs> you know, and I was like, whoa, you know, that's it. But that, I mean, that's the thing is it really doesn't take, you mentioned like the whole keeping people's attention and stuff. Well, it's easy to get it. It's also, it's even easier to lose it. And you know, Matt, speaking of efficient processes, today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and it has the platform to manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. It's spoken like a true professional. <laughs> well, that's part of, I mean, that's part of doing PR. Like, I know what you do on this show. So yeah. I, like, I want to, I help my clients. I've had clients on your show. That's how we met in the first place, you know? Yep. So like kind of have uh, clients understand. Yeah. I tell them the, I told them exactly what you just told me. The expectation is this will air as if it was recorded live. So don't, don't count on anything getting edited. Yeah. <laughs> well, and thanks for doing that heavy lifting there. And then, you know, and some of it, and, and when you talk about creating earned PR and I went down a huge list, you know, so I think if you're going to go out and you're going to try to either create it for yourself, well, first off, 
and don't take this the wrong way, Jason, folks go out and try to get a little yourself. Yeah. You might get a bit, but you're also going to realize like how hard it is. Um, because it's one of those things where if you're not waking up and kind of trying to do that every day, yep. you're probably going to find that you're not going to do it at all. And part of why, you know, why we hired Jason was there was so, you know, I look at trying to have a well-rounded everything. It's just kind of the way I operate with stuff. And I just, you know, as a writer of three books and different stuff, I was like, you know, I haven't had any articles and some of these different things. It'd be kind of nice to just kind of spread that out. And we weren't very good at doing it ourselves. But, you know, I think if you want to create earned, you need to like figure out what kind you want. And then remember, it doesn't all just fit under one blanket. Like Jason was saying, like, his firm isn't really like, like, they're not going to probably help you get dialed in with like 1500, you know, TikTok influencers. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's someone out there that does that. Yeah. That doesn't specialize in the written word. Yeah, I think that's, that's, I mean, I think that's a great thing for any professional service firm to do is be very clear about what you yeah. know and what you don't know and, and have partners you can refer people to. And, well, um, and like you told me in the beginning, you're like, if, if, okay, so, you know, earn PR and, and publications and articles come in different levels of reality, you know, like, like getting in the wall street journal is significantly harder than no offense, the Las Vegas sun. Yeah, totally. Right. So some of that though, but it's still, you know, you get, you get it out there. And then, and then one of the things is I think it's important is even though the earn PR and the platform that is created, didn't we put an article on Inc that ended up trending a little bit at one point, it was the yeah. pod, how, how we, how this podcast and, and the, the hype we created with this, cause you go back to like the full scale ads, which is what pays for this show, right? And that that's our that's our why. And well, there's more than that. That's part of it. But you know, you you look back at at you know what what do you want what do you want to create? How do you want to create it? Um, and and you should expect, I think, to still promote your earned PR. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a great uh, you know this, it's really different than marketing, but it provides great fuel for marketing. You know, if you've yeah. got. Um, you know, you can obviously make blog content very easily out of your coverage. You can, uh, we, we often pull out quotes or try to kind of design in quotes where you can, you know, say, Inc. said these five awesome words about our company yeah. and put that on everything, <laughs> you know. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you mentioned the Las Vegas Sun and, and kind of like how hard it is to do PR for yourself. Like, I think, you know, to be in the spirit of transparency on your show, like, yeah, that was not our first option. So I think that's one reason it's right. hard is like, if you're trying to do PR for yourself, it takes persistence. And a lot of times it takes going through plans B, C, D, E, F, and G to get to an outcome. You know, that that's an article we wrote for the Wall Street Journal, had that in mind. We pitched it a lot of places, New York Times, Washington Post. I know CNN looked at it, uh, eventually said no. And then we ended up sending it to a service that kind of sends it to major newspapers around the country. And again, that's something that like most entrepreneurs aren't going to know of themselves unless they're in this field. And so that service kind of uh, helps you get into, and we, it was in a number of papers, I think one in Iowa or something too, but the Las Vegas sun was probably the biggest one. And so that's just kind of a roll of the dice. Like it, with that, with that same service, we've gotten the San Francisco Chronicle, which is probably, you know, a step up from the Las Vegas sun. And we've also gotten other, you know, uh, other papers that were a step down, but um, it takes, it's, if you're trying to do PR for yourself, it's very easy to get discouraged to say, I wrote this perfect article that I love and I sent it to the outlet that I want and they didn't use it. 
well, now what? <laughs> there, there's still value. Well, the, to be the content's just weird like that. Cause I'll tell you, man, I've made videos, written blog. I've done everything at some point that you create it and you're like, this is awesome. Right. And you publish right. it and it just doesn't catch it. Yeah. Like, the algorithm doesn't show it to people or the search engine doesn't like it, or there's just something. And, and then, and then you have the flip side. So it's kind of a funny story. So before we started uh, publishing non podcast recording videos on the startup hustle, YouTube, I recorded, I edited a video, I recorded and edited a video myself about how to start a tech company. And it, all it was, was I was just trying to, um, reinvigorate my video editing skills. And, uh, I didn't think too much of it, put the video up and it's the most popular, it became the most popular video in the in channel history. Wow. It yeah. gets, I mean, it just kind of gets like a hundred to 150 views a day, which is kind of a lot considering it's still doing it three years later. Yeah. But with that, you never know. Like, I mean, I, I probably, if, if I was expecting that to keep doing that years later, I, I have no, sometimes you, like I said, sometimes you create something, you're just trying to get, try to do it. And then it grabs. I mean, I also had a, a viral video earlier this year that got almost 3 million views on Facebook. It's just me sitting, telling the story about selling golf balls as a kid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, like you're saying, it's hard to know what's going to hit. Um, I think one thing you can that helps sometimes is, is something that's really particular to you, you know? So like that ink article you mentioned that, that made it to the homepage of ink, they tweeted it. It's about how to use a podcast to build a business. And that's something that's like very few people know about more than you. And then right. same with the golf ball video. I think that's just something that, uh, somewhat unusual. Just a lot of people identified with it. And yeah. They kept watching yeah, like, and yeah. No one had really talked about that, a phenomenon, yeah. but it's something that once you put it out there, people are like, I did that too. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? It was amazing how many comments that were in there of people, you know, sharing similar stories or, you know, selling cups of lemonade or something like that. And that was, that was fun, but yeah, you never know. You never know. And sometimes it'll surprise you. Well, you know, Jason, here we are. You did, you did my third ad read for me. So thank you. It was a little, it was a little early. It was a little okay. early. Normally we do that right before we like, you know, do a founder's freestyle or something, but you know, with that, as we wrap up today's show, I mean, what's some of the best advice you could give uh, founders or entrepreneurs for creating earned PR out of everything we talked about today? Yeah, I would say to, to just think about, the media as something you can have a relationship with. So, so a lot of times um, founders will get frustrated. They'll say this outlet, you know, these, these outlets don't cover us. Um, they don't like us. They'll take it personally. Um, it's really probably not anything personal. Um, it's really just about knowing how to approach it just right. Um, and, and maybe shaping your content that you're offering. Um, so, you know, I think it's easy to get yeah frustrated and get negative, but it's the media is, it, it's, out there trying to do a public service. It wants to provide useful information to people, interesting information, and you can partner with them to do that. I think the main advice is don't expect to earn PR if you're not out there trying to get it. Oh, I mean, it's, it's rare. Like you're going to have to do something fairly phenomenal. Yeah. To get like for it to come find you. I was, um, in, the, I was in two bands in my younger days and both of them were, were kind of remarkable acts. And the first one, hardly got any coverage because I didn't know about PR. So I was too young. I didn't really know how to do it. Second one. Who was it? 
Uh, so the first one I was in, I was in a punk band in Albuquerque called Question the Answers. And we were super young. We were like in our early, like mid teens. But, and we kind of had, it was in like the era of Blink-182, but we had like a more legit punk sound, kind of a, like a Dead Kennedys, Circle Jerks kind of vibe. And um, we had all these older fans. It was a great story for local press that no one really told because no one suggested that they tell it. And then later I had a band called the Metal Shakespeare Company where we performed original, like kind of Iron Maiden style metal that we would set scenes from Shakespeare to. And we would dress in a combo of like Shakespeare and 80s rock outfits. And uh, that got a ton of coverage. That's kind of how I taught myself how to do PR was because I was a reporter at the time. And I was like, this is a great story. And we'd go on tour and I would get all kinds of interviews for us. The, the LA Times covered us, uh, you know, lots of metal blogs, the Denver Post, all kinds of big outlets because, you know, I, I went around and said, hey, this very bizarre act is coming to your town. Do you want to cover it? Here's some yeah. amazing photos of us in these crazy outfits. Right. And they often said yes. <laughs> well, it's interesting. And then yeah. also the the lens is wide enough. And I think that's where I kind of want to make my last comment is like, I think you'll also have to consider the the width of the lens that would point back at you. Um, you know, the, one of the things that I've just kind of grown to accept with my relationship with full scale is that on many levels, what I sell is boring to the public. Right. And, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, you, you know, and we do some exciting and interesting things, but the things that are maybe a little more interested in newsworthy or maybe like our charitable efforts or like 300 people from our company all showing up to clean up beaches one day or something, yeah. you know, that's because, because the, I had a video at some point that I put out that was joking. It was like, how do you, how do you, how do you tell the story of what it's like to be a, uh, a tech entrepreneur because and then I just have like a time lapse of me sitting there answering emails for like <laughs> yeah yeah you know because it's like oh he hit send people that's it it's out reply all boom you know just like I don't know I mean so but 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 with that I mean keep in mind that what you're pushing the story you're telling or any of that like I mean while it might be exciting to you there might be another 12 people out there that give a shit past you yeah. So, so your expectation that that's going to end up on the cover of the Wall Street Journal is a little, a little, uh, a little much. So and that's a big part of what we offer. I mean, that's a differentiator for us is we take companies that are on the surface somewhat boring and help show how interesting they are. Like I just got a great clip for a trust and estates attorney yesterday in uh, Fortune. So it's like that's not something people are super excited about <laughs> most of the time. Right. But for that guy and the guy that wants to hire him, and that's the whole thing though, you establish this cred. And like, I, I refer to this as my boy scout badges. Yeah. yeah and, you yeah. know, now but here's the thing is like, you know, now I'm a, I'm an author that has, has had articles published in and you get a nice yeah. little row of those on your site or whatever. And the thing is, is, is keep in, keep in mind is, is whether it's, you have to treat yourself as a brand as well because it's that presence and that credibility. I mean, dude, I get a message almost every day of someone that's like, I heard you're the person I need to talk to, you know, and, but that doesn't happen to the person that you Google and there's just like, who is this? Right. Right. You know, so you can get, give some give some cred to that. Well, Jason, thanks for joining me. For those of you that are interested in what Jason and their site does, there's a link in the show notes for that. Make sure to check out fullscale.io. Jason, I'll catch up with you down the road. Such a pleasure. Thanks, Matt. 
Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.